Well, welcome to The Full Life. And today's discussion is going to be a very relevant one and a very, I think, something that's affecting all of our lives. You know, over the last couple of weeks, as we've been talking about uh, everything from the coronavirus to racial injustice to political unrest, any pick any of these things, it's important where we talk and when we think about what we say with our words, because as the Bible teaches us, our words have power. And I'll start us off our discussion with, of course, one of the best known scriptures about our words, Proverbs 18, 21, death and life are in the power of the tongue. Uh, and I'm so excited about today's special guest because she, I know, has she's she's been talking about the power of your tongue, and I was just so affected by her that I just knew she had to be part of this discussion. Pastor Karen Griffin is an international speaker, teacher, and life coach. As a pastor, mother, grandmother, and successful businesswoman, she loves to study the Word of God and has a unique life-applicable, realistic approach to preaching and teaching the word with love, laughter, power, and authority. And I know that to be true since I have heard her preach. Please welcome Pastor Karen Griffin. Thank you. Thank you so much. And of course, let's welcome everyone in the panel back in. And we know and we love them, of course. Carolyn, Jenny, and Hank. Hey, hey everyone. You know, so we've kind of done uh, over the last couple of weeks, we've started with, you know, understanding of some of the differences that people have been talking about. And we're, now we're really kind of moving into, I think, a healing phase where we're talking about how, how us as Christians can be a leader. And I think an important part of that is what we say. So as we start today, let's speak some powerful words of Thanksgiving because it's time for a manna moment today from Jenny. Well, we have something that, you know, the enemy intended for evil that God perhaps used for good. <laughs> I don't know if the enemy was involved in it at all, in just life and living, you know, in an older home that we have. We had a plumbing situation. Mm -hmm. um, we still have some things that need to get fixed. Mm -hmm. But the first original problem was our house was custom built by the people that owned all the land here years ago. Mm -hmm. And so they built the water main uh, for our house on the corner on somebody else's house. And this started flooding. And the neighbors had it turned, called the power, water company had it turned off. Long story short, we needed somebody come in a pinch. And we have homeowners insurance, uh, but we couldn't even wait for that. We had no water. We, there was a flood in the street. Neighbor's property was looked like it was going to get damaged. So we called a friend uh, who's a plumber, someone that we know is a plumber. He came out. And it was going to cost us probably out of pocket at least at least a thousand dollars. He worked for six or seven hours straight, did a lot of stuff, and he said at the end of the day, you know what? I just I know you guys are pastors. I know you guys are you know you sow into people all the time. I just want to sow this into you guys. Praise the Lord. Just, here's why I'm sharing the story, not just what he did for us. He came out the next day. He goes, I want to tell you what happened to me right after I sowed into you guys. The next day, I got triple the business I've had on that one day that I've had wow. all, like months long. I couldn't even, I had to job out other things. So much business flooded me because he helped us with our flood. He was flooded with increase. It comes back to you. It yeah. comes back, pressed down, shaking together, running over. So if you ever feel that little stirring in your spirit to sow to somebody and your mind goes, well, it's we're in the pandemic. I need all the business I can get. I need the money. Always follow the leading of the Holy Spirit. Mm -hmm. Look at how blessed this man and his business was mm -hmm. for sowing into us. So double blessing. 
Okay, well, I think it's time we get into our discussion today about the power of our words. And my first question, because we like to show that we're fallible too, is when is maybe a time that you all didn't use your words so well? And let's see, who wants to go first? Do, do I have a volunteer? <laughs> sure, I'll, I'll go first. I have, a, I have an interesting okay, one. This was a learning lesson. So when I first started in ministry, um, one of the things I didn't realize is you know, if your partner is not physically in the ministry with you, like the church doesn't hire both of you, that's tricky dynamics to figure out, especially as a young 20 something. Um, so I remember one time I had um, a situation that was going on and my wife wasn't necessarily in the situation, but I was just on the phone with somebody um, and I wasn't thinking about it. And my phone actually got put on speaker cause I was in my office or whatever, but like she heard that whole conversation um, and it wasn't necessarily something that like I said, but just the interaction and, and listening to some of the stuff that the person was saying, um, I didn't think anything of it. I didn't even realize she heard anything until a couple of days later, we're at church on Sunday. And the person was like, hey, to my wife, my wife literally just went cold, right? Like just completely cold. And I was like really thrown off. And I was just mm. like, oh, that's interesting. So for me, it was a different kind of watching your tongue thing and how yeah. I realized that in ministry, obviously my wife's my partner in life, you know, so it's not necessarily I'm keeping secrets from her, but it was this lesson I learned about like protecting her relationships with people. But I have to be mindful of how I receive, how I hear that, how also I react to that because like it affects my wife's relationship with that person. I think marriage is a tough one to navigate anyways. <laughs> you know, I mean, if Fair we enough. all be honest, I think that that's probably for even me, it's probably one of the biggest things is learning to control your tongue in marriage. I mean, it's just, you know, your emotions get in it. Um, you're exhausted. My husband and I learned very uh, young in our marriage. There are certain things you don't discuss at nighttime when you're tired. And, um, you know, it's just, you're going to say things you're going to regret. And there's just words you just, you can't get back. I, I'm going to be, I'm going to be honest. I have struggled in this area of my life. I'm a bit lippy. <laughs> just you know when I was a kid I had I had more soap in my mouth than I did on my body at one point wow. <laughs> I remember my dad taking I shouldn't tell on him but whatever I would take liquid I should watch my tongue but I would take liquid I mean he would take liquid soap even and shove it in my mouth and go you can't even oh, spit or like I couldn't even spit. <laughs> my family actually nicknamed me this was I'm having some therapy right now with my friend yeah yeah he nicknamed yeah. me the great American teller you know so I've kind of you know, struggled in this area of my life and I have needed the Lord to help me. And I do, um, when I get angry, I'm having to learn, take a pause, yeah. don't mm -hmm. say that thing that you yeah. really, 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 really want to say. Just recently I was sending some texts uh, to a family member and I was dealing with a family situation and I was texting some things I even heard in my spirit. If the person you're texting about was to read this conversation, would you feel confident in what you're saying? Like, how would you feel? And and I was like, yeah, yeah, I would. You know, I'm not, not saying anything wrong, but I maybe would have worded it differently if I really thought the person, and it turns out the person was actually getting this entire conversation on another device that they had in their possession. Wow. And, you know, it started something that was so painful for that person. And, you know, and my words were, I was trying to encourage yeah. One family member, and I was actually trying to speak peace to them, brought yeah. her to another family member. And I'll never forget, I was driving my car and I was doing talk to text. And it was, if the person heard this, 
would you be okay with that? And mm-hmm. I just stopped right then and there because that's the Holy Spirit. Yeah, and I remember one time the Holy Spirit looked at me and said, Carolyn, I could I could hear him, you know, not audibly, but in my spirit. He said, does this feel good to your flesh? And I said, yes, it does. And he said, that's not me. <laughs> you know what? It should feel good to your flesh because being obedient to God is sometimes dang painful. Yeah, so and true. I was thinking when uh, Joseph asked the question, um, you know, what example? I wanted to say, which time? You wow. know, I don't think we've ever arrived in. I, there's just so much that has been said because, you know, Carolyn was talking about, you know, this flesh, did it feel good? And that's why, you know, you know, God tells us that we have to crucify the flesh daily and put it under oh. subjection because I don't ever think any of us will ever arrive. And that's why we need the word of God to be our sift to sift our emotions through Amen. because we want to be justifiable in how we feel about situations. And so, you know, I was thinking as you guys were talking about Ephesians 4.29, and it tells us, let no corrupt talk come out of our mouth, but only such as is good for building up. Mm-hmm. And it fits, you know, as it fits to the occasion that it may give grace to those who hear. Mm-hmm. We are fighting a, a, a war against our flesh that wants to be satisfied and when we mess up. You know, ask for forgiveness, you know, and and keep moving because I don't think any of us will arrive because I wanted to say which one, the one last part with my husband, which one, you know, I agree with all of you in that, especially in relationships, because it's, it's always the ones that we feel most comfortable with, right? The ones that we feel most vulnerable with that we know we can hurt them and feel okay. You know, at least for me, I, I wouldn't necessarily say things professionally that I would say to my wife and mm-hmm. it doesn't make it right, but it is, it is definitely easier to right. say things to people that, you know, you, that love you and are not going to come back at you in a, in a, in a, in a way that's going to hurt you. I get, I watch something on the news and that sort of affects me or I see some, you know, something happens in the day and that affects me and you're carrying with that. And those are usually the moments where I'm less likely to control my mouth because mm-hmm. I'm carrying something else that has already affected me, mm-hmm. you know? So I, as we're going to talk about, uh, my mind is not in in God's word, in his authority at that time, because I'm being affected by something in the world. You know, so that was that's sort of what I've been reflecting on recently and how on um, those moments where I can be much more aggressive. And I'm usually one that we use. My mom would say, Rammy, if if I if I get a. Uh, you know, feel like it's closing in, that that's when I go for the kill. <laughs> so with my words, you know, I get a little bit more aggressive when I feel like I'm in the corner. So yeah. again, you have to feel comfortable feeling vulnerable and not feeling affected or insecure, you know. So let's talk about what the Bible says about the power of our words. And I want to go to first, I want to go to Pastor Karen. We had a, a discussion the other day, and I just was so moved by what she said. She's been sort of on a journey of, of revelation with the Holy Spirit in the last couple of weeks. And I, you know, and I wanted her to share that with all of you. So Pastor Karen. Yeah. Well, I just thank you again, just for the opportunity just to share. And, um, you know, just with everything that's going on in our world right now, and I just felt in my heart that I was um, just having some really mixed feelings and um, just really heartbroken with what I've been seeing taking place within the body of the body of Christ as a whole. And I really just heard Holy Spirit one um, day when I was praying. Well, actually, my husband and I, we went on a fast and I was praying and I just really heard Holy Spirit says, we need to watch. Basically, he was saying to me, watch your mouth. 
And um, as he was just sharing with me about watching my mouth, before that I had been teaching about love and um, how, you know, we are supposed to walk in love and be the example, you know, in this earth realm of, of what the body looks like or the expression of who Jesus was in the earth. And I was just so disheartened because I saw um, the enemy behind faces as the spirit, um, you know, causing anger, you know, wanting people to feel like they had to be justified or heard, which while they're trying to be justified or heard, other people's feelings are being hurt. But yet we're all the body and we're one body that's fitly joined together. And so I was just really carrying the burden um, that I was seeing that was taking place just through media, social media, just different aspects where I just saw the spirit of division was being released. And um, and so the Lord reminded me that we are we are the law enforcement agents in the earth realm, meaning that we as God's people are his law enforcement agents. And I remembered a quote that Pastor Joel Osteen said some time ago, he says, if we would just change our words, then we would change the world. And I just began to really meditate on that and just really ask the Lord, you know, God, how can I teach our community of, of, of at, at Corona Church at the Open Door during our midweek that um, we cannot allow our flesh to dictate our actions to cause us not to be kingdom minded? Yes, what we are feeling or, or how we are navigating through this season, much of it is justifiable. But we have to shift at one point from our feelings and our personal emotions and our fleshly ways of wanting to to uh, to be justified in the situation and begin to fight through through the actions of a kingdom mindset. And um, I went back to, you know, from the beginning that God says that he made us in his image and he made us in his likeness and everything that God said came to pass. When you hear a person that's speaking out of that kingdom mindset and speaking from that place of love, I yeah. um, miss Jenny just so beautifully a couple weeks ago, she just quoted the love chapter. And I have to be honest, we've all heard it and read it how many times, yeah. but there was something when Jenny quoted it the other day, man, it brought chills all yeah. over my body and to my heart to really look at myself that love is patient. Love yeah. is kind. Love is not self-seeking. Love is not easily angered. And I think, how many of us, you're talking about that kingdom mindset, yeah. really live every day that when people speak or when we speak, we're thinking what you're just saying right there. It hits me that same way again, because Proverbs 21, 23 says those who guard their mouths and yeah. their tongues keep themselves from calamity. I mean, yeah. Proverbs is so full of it. Sin is not ended by the multiplying of words. Yeah. <laughs> Hold their tongues. I mean, yep. and we're in a society right now that's saying, speak, speak, speak. And yet the word of God is saying, shut your mouth, shut your mouth, shut your mouth, pray, pray, pray. And, you know, we are snared by the words of our mouth. And what you're talking about, it ministers to me. I'm either breeding God's kingdom love yeah. or I am tearing down. I'm, I'm tearing down. And boy, I'll tell you, it's convicting. It it's very convicting. Yeah. You said a couple things that has me thinking. So I'm I'm going to the Holy Spirit just stopped me just now. You know, my husband and I even we um, had accepted a couple invitations to talk, and um, you know, we just really heard the Lord say, "Enough is being said." Wow. I want you to pray right now. And I mean, these are people who we respect and love, and 
and you know feel safe on their platforms to to view you know to have the conversation you know that everyone is talking about and um we were supposed to meet with them on a monday and and speak on their platform on a wednesday this one particular and that sunday morning we both woke up and the lord says no i just want you to pray I, I, I just want you to pray. Um, now is not the time to talk. And it, it, it was really a test. You know, are we going to, you know, you know, you know, jeopardize a relationship to trust God to be quiet and be still in a moment because we could be adding more fuel to the fire because so much is being said and not all of the words that are going forth right now is being sifted through the promises or kingdom mindset of the word of God. Yes, justifiable in how they right. feel. But right now, we kingdom-minded citizens, we have to rise up and take our rightful place. The Bible says the heavens is earth, his, but the earth he has given to us, his children, that we would walk in kingdom dominion. And we, when we allow our flesh to dictate our action, or when we want to get on a platform, I'm going to be real, I'm going to be real careful with how I say this, just to voice ourselves not really seeing what Holy Spirit wants to say when it cry. or if Holy Spirit wants us to be a part of what what is being said right now, we can miss the target, you know, of what God wants to do in an hour. And so we have to remember that we're not navigating from an earthly mindset. You know, we're in this world, but we're not of the world. So being in it, yes, we recognize and we identify what is going on but we also recognize we are fighting a spiritual battle that we are not fighting against flesh and blood the church is not fighting against one another i mean we're not it, it, it's a spiritual battle that there is a spirit that is behind the face that we need to you know you know annihilate and yeah. only way we can annihilate it is through the promises and the principles in the word of god that's mm -hmm. the only way we can do it the enemy wants to kill, steal, and destroy, and bring division. But James says, where there is strife and division, there is every form of evil. And so we, as the leaders in the body of Christ, we have to be that plug to say, oh, there's not going to be evil here because I'm not going to be yeah. my brother and sister. We have been placed in this earth realm to raise the standard. Because we're not seeing that. We're not being heavenly minded. Um, we are fighting with one another. Like when I, you know, my messages recently have been like, listen, I'm not talking to the world. Yesterday I was teaching on rebellion. Um, you know, Karen, you probably know some of you guys know we teach the Torah portions. Yeah. Um, and the Torah portions have been so incredible the past few weeks. They have all been outlying rebellion. They've all been scriptures on rebellion. Mm -hmm. And first the rebellion was Miriam and, um, and Aaron rebelling against Moses using racism to bring about rebellion against authority. And then we have them going into the promised land and they're right there on the border of the promised land. And then you have the rebellion of the people rebelling against God's command to go in and enter. And then Moses saying, you know, God said you didn't choose to go in, so you can't go in. And then they go, oh, oh, now you're saying we can't go in? Okay, so now we're gonna try to go in. You know, and this rebellion and rebellion and uh, anyway, you know, and then you have the rebellion of Korah. Uh, number 16, right after that, the, the rebellion came there. These words here, we have to remember um, that these words are to believers. These words are to believers. And if my people who are called by my name, we always want, if my people are called by my name, we pray. No, if my people who are called by my name will humble 
themselves and pray. Don't even bother praying if you haven't humbled yourself. Just don't even bother. Humble yourselves and pray. But we have to remember it's if my people. And so we have to remember that this war cannot be brother and sister fighting. We have got to unite. There's not, it is not coincidence that most of the intense fighting happened around Pentecost, a holiday that celebrates unity and the holiday that celebrates what, that the Holy Spirit came because of unity. The enemy is is his handwriting is all over this. He has signed his signature. He put his sign up because he caused division because if there was unity, then there would be an outpouring of the Holy Spirit, which of course we've all been hearing that this outpouring of the Spirit was coming. And so what is the enemy gonna do? Do whatever he can to shut it down. And how can he shut it down best? Division. I think I do have one concern. I think that we also have to be honest that you know the holding our tongue thing, um, especially if we're talking about kingdom people, Sometimes I think we hold our tongue too much yeah. in the sense of when we should speak up, we do not. You know, yeah. I think, you know, I've been in situations, I'm sure everyone in this panel has been in situations where, you know, maybe you're a woman in ministry, for example, and in a somewhat public setting, you are undervalued, you know, and then maybe after that situation, someone comes to you and be like, hey, that's terrible what he did to you. I'm so sorry, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, I've been in situations like that when it comes to race and racism, for example. Mm-hmm. Um, so I do think that's the other side of this holding our tongue too. We have to do the work. And I think that's why prayer is so important. Mm-hmm. Um, but I also think this is all about the body. I think there's people in the body who are prayer warriors. I think there's people in the body who are prophets. You know, mm-hmm. I've been really leaning in on the prophets, you know, Micah, Jeremiah, Isaiah, Time and time again, they go after nations who um, are making money off the backs of the poor. They go after nations who have enslaved. They go after nations who are not faithful to God. So I think part of this holding our tongue, the negative side of it is as Christians, sometimes we don't know when to speak up. And we think speaking up is solidarity to go to the person after the fact, you know, and I think that part of, you know, that, that's the same James 3 passage. You know, we hold that as taming the tongue. Yeah. But he also says with this same mouth, you praise the Lord. Yeah. And I don't know if it's praise and honoring to the Lord if we allow some of these injustices to happen. And I'm not even talking about just the big ones, but I'm talking about seeing my sisters and brothers suffer and just holding my tongue. Yeah, I totally agree. Um, I was um, sharing that um, even, you know, as I'm watching, you know, some things that are being spoken spoken about on, you know, let's not, you know, I am a black woman, you know, that is married to a black man that has a black son that has been pulled over and sat. And my son is an amazing young man. So I have real raw feelings and emotions about it. But I love something that Hank distinguished. I I know my place in the body of Christ is that I'm an intercessor and I'm a watchman. So I know how to navigate um, my season. And that's why I was training the people on our team is that, you know, stay in your position. There are some that are going to be the mouthpiece that are going to go out and that are going to shout, you know, and and they know how to do it within their within their sphere and the anointing that they walk in. Um, and then there are some of us that are going to fight, you know, and warfare in the spirit. But there are sometimes when you see things and that your flesh will arise and and you will you will feel like the unction of Holy Spirit that you need mm-hmm. to you need to identify that. And um, I was uh, watching one of my, my sisters in Christ and her husband. Um, they were uh, they said something on Facebook that was very offensive. They're pastors. Um, very offensive. I, 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 it, 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 it cut me. 
I turned to my husband that night and I said, you know, I don't normally do this. I says, but I'm going to ask him what he meant by this word. And I'm not going to use the word to protect the, the pastors. I said, I'm, I, I said, I don't normally do this. He says, but there's a righteous indignation mm-hmm. about what I see here. And I said, um, I'm going to just ask, what do you mean by this word? And um, so it was a little bit of me pushing back. And uh, it took a while, but they responded. And the, and it was exactly what I thought. And what I thought was was very offensive to me as a Black woman, to, to my son or to my husband, you know, as Black people. And um, my sister came on and she said, you know, Karen, my husband is a warrior and he boxes in the boxing ring and he boxes in, 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 in you know, in the world. And um, I'm thinking, yeah, but you are you are not using your voice in a, a healthy manner. You you are not thinking you're not taking off your lens and putting on my lens to see as as a spiritual leader to see how this is landing on me. There are oftentimes I want to say things to justify myself, but I'm going to take off my lens and because I'm kingdom minded and I understand that there is a spirit behind the face. And if we're warring in this matter, it's not about me or you sister. This thing is way bigger and way deeper than yours. So I'm going to do everything that I can to put on your lens to say, if I write this, how is it going to land for you? Mm -hmm. And so Mm -hmm. then she came. So then I just said, love you, sister. And um, because I want, I could have said more, but I had to crucify the flesh in that moment and put it under under subjection. Then he came back on, and and he said the husband said some things, and um and and then I I I felt like the Lord was saying, don't walk away from it to make them feel like you agree with that because you're in full disagreement. And so I said, you know, it's not my page to argue or to um, to try to dialogue on what I feel about what you said. I says, but I do want you to know that I love you guys and I'm just going to step away from the conversation. So it kind of let them know that I was not in agreement with it. Um, and, and, and so I think it would, it, it, it would help. See, we have to be mature in the body of Christ. Thank you. So we Thank cannot you. Amen. Amen. say anything that comes to our mind, not being concerned how this is going to affect the person on the other side. When you are putting words out there, you have to read it from every dimension. <clears throat> I think you need to take a step back and go, okay, if there's the slightest possibility that this could be taken wrong, mm-hmm. it's not to keep your mouth completely shut. Cause I totally agree with you, Hank. Yes. Um, we, we need to, when there are, you know, there's a fire in our bones, but maybe mm-hmm. in those times, that's when we actually need to do a video mm-hmm. or say something so people hear us and not yeah. misinterpret our words. Yeah. You know, for, for you guys know, I think I shared with you a few weeks ago, I had a problem like you know, when I, whenever the protesting was first happening, I was all behind it, but then the rioting happened and the looting happened. And I was like, oh my gosh, guys, the message is being lost. Everyone's talking about the rioting and, 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 uh, and looting. So I went online and I said, hey guys, protest. By all means, sh- protest. Don't, if you're a believer, don't go rioting and looting. You're breaking the law and you're breaking God's law and you're losing the message. And I was so criticized for that. I mean, I had people so angry, like, 
And you know, what ended up getting people angry was people's comments on my post. Like somebody commented all lives matter and then somebody got mad about that. And then they were mad at me and I didn't even put the comment. And I recognized this is causing offense. I don't need it to be up there. Never was intended to be that. Somebody took it wrong. All I was saying is it's making everybody forget about the whole point and take it down. Just take it down. It doesn't need to be up there. Well, and I think that's why there's so many scriptures in Proverbs about the prudent hold their tongue. I don't think it's about, I think it's learning when it's appropriate to speak and when it's, and when I say appropriate, I think it's what she's saying is Holy Spirit driven. Yeah. I think we're being so driven right now by our flesh. Go ahead, Karen. You have to be led by Holy Spirit because see when the Lord asked my husband and I not to speak and I totally agree with, with Hank, pastor Hank, I totally agree. Yeah. But if it's not done under unction of Holy Spirit, because see what happened is my husband and I were getting ready to go on that platform when another young black man had just been killed. He had been shot in the back at that Wendy's. So here is another, we're getting into a, a, another dialogue where we're going to be talking about this. And we, and we, when Holy Spirit told us, not yet, not yet, it, it was right after this because we, we would, our conversation would have been lost in a lot of other conversation because everyone's, everyone's emotions was heightened. Everyone was you know, it would, and we just felt like the timing we felt for us that Holy Spirit said, not now. And I think if we would just allow Holy Spirit to be our regulator and our navigation system, God's timing is always so right good. Time. I call it the symphonic movement of Holy Spirit. Jesus yeah. says that I'm going to go and I'm going to leave you a comforter and he lead you and guide you in all truth. But we're in an hour where everyone wants to be heard, but we have to be spirit driven. Yes, our voice will be heard, but will we wait on the timing of God? Will we wait on the right timing of God? I feel the Holy Spirit. I feel the anointing. We have to wait on God's timing in order to release what thus says the Lord in the right time and in the right hour and in the right, in the right moment, you know? Yeah, the only thing I would add, you know, biblically to that is Matthew 12, 36, where, where it says, you know, every word out of our mouth, we're going to have to give an account for, you know, yeah, so yeah. clearly the words that we say have a heavy, have a ton of meaning yeah. to God and to the, what we are releasing into the world. So yeah. it is that important. If we're going to have to account for it, we better, we better know what we're accounting for. Yeah. Um, uh, and we've already started talking about social media. And because I think that's so, and I wanted to bring that up, especially today, because so much of our conversation, especially in now this moment we're in where we are not necessarily talking to people face-to-face -face mm -hmm. as much, is on social media, what we're posting, what that is, a, it, to me at least, is an extension of, of your speech, yeah. not you speaking through this platform. So everyone's been saying it, but it is that responsibility that it extends to social media. So for me, I, I, I think it's even the tone, you know, examining from the lenses of everyone, but even the tone of your words, you really have to think of the tone, you know, is there sort of this smugness or um, absolute authority now? If it's the authority of the, the word of God, then we know we have that authority. But if you think you have the authority to say this, I just, that always sort of is a media check for me. If I'm going to say, I know this, mm -hmm. 
maybe I should take a step back before I say that, you know, and, and, and I, I'll give you a pet peeve of mine. And this is just, this may just be me, but the, those memes that come around were like, I think this, but no one will share this. Right. You know, and, but that's, <laughs> that's guilt, but that's guilt guys. We can't use those. We, I mean, <laughs> We're telling you, you know, well, well, you're you're not doing it right if you don't share this. I mean, that's not cool. We can't yeah. do that. So I feel like I need a new circle of friends because I don't get those. I don't get the guilt memos. Well, don't you worry, Hank. I'm going to send you some guilty right. memos. That, that would be good. Then I can join <laughs> in and feel you. Well, no, I mean, I think um, the social media thing's huge. So I started off in ministry doing youth ministry. And so for me, um, this would have been 10, 12 years, maybe 13 years ago now. I'm old, right? I feel old. But no, it was like, what, no, 10, 15? Baby. I know I'm a baby, but it's 10, 15 years ago. So in the sense of we were just now starting all these conversations about what's your profile, you know, what you're putting online. So I think part of what was interesting is I was trained to think this was a teenage problem, you know, because that's who I primarily was working with. And as I navigated and moved in different aspects of the church, I realized, oh my goodness, no. The teens actually, for the most part, have like better filters than the adults, you know, like it's not always the healthiest, you know, yeah. for a while mm -hmm. teens would have a Finsta, right? Which I feel like I'm outing teenagers, but this is old now. So they probably have another one, but literally teens would have like a fake Instagram that they would set up where we, which was like way more just ridiculous. Right. And then their, their proper Instagram, for example. Right. right. Um, but it was just showing that they had at least a filter of thinking that like, if there are things I shouldn't be doing, I don't want people to see it. I'll put it, I'll hide it. Right. And what I'm finding, what I found five, six, seven years ago is I started more intimately walking with adults. I was like, oh, no, the teens actually have a better handle, which is not the narrative that we share. You know, we share the teenagers just say whatever's on their mind and blah, blah, blah. Um, and then just peruse the Facebook pages of people in your church. And you're like, oh, wow, the teens might be better than this. So, yeah, I think this is a huge um, problem. I think even us just saying, looking at your social media as an extension of I wouldn't even just say your speech. I would say as an extension of you, yeah. you know, this is what you're putting out there. This is who you're presenting. Yeah. And I think one of the challenges is to realize that, you know, are we Christ ambassadors? Cause that's who we're supposed to be putting out there. That's who we're supposed to be doing. So that's kind of the rubric that I try to use. Right. It's just like, when we put stuff out there, like, is this something that's honoring to Christ? Is this something that honoring to my brother and sister? I think you can, we have these, not just the Holy Spirit, we have the Holy Spirit as a regulator, but I think we also have sisters and brothers we're in relationship with, you know, like, and, and again, so for example, like if you got me 15 years ago, 20 years ago, I probably have a post up there to be like, I don't think women should be in ministry, but what's changed that the Holy Spirit scripture and then people I've walked with, right? Like, and now, like, what I pray for is grace, because when someone says that, I am not as gracious as people are, are to me or were to me, yeah. you know? So part of this holding your tongue thing is realizing that, oh, my goodness, you are on a journey, you know, and you need to you need to realize that as part of your journey, people walked alongside of you. So maybe this is a chance for you to walk alongside someone else. Right. So I think that's the other thing that's missing. We forget that this is an extension of speech. This is really a representation of ourselves, And we need to balance that with are we really representing Christ and yeah. what does it mean to be members of one another? Like that we belong to each other. And so I just think those are some rubrics that can help us because so many of us are disconnected with our social media. Like we're backboard keyboard warriors is what I call it. Right. Like, it's just like, I'll never say this to Jenny's face or Carolyn's face or Karen's I face, but <laughs> I can, I can type it and hit enter, you know, and no one will see it. Right. 
You know, you get that feeling though. I think a good um, test for us is sometimes when you write something and you send it, I don't know if you've ever experienced this. You've thought almost that like embarrassed feeling what, of what, uh, have they read it yet? I wonder if they've read it yet. If you have that feeling like, and I haven't done that in a long time. I really, I'm not saying that to Pat. I'm saying I've made sure like I write stuff all the time that I never send because I get it out of my system and I don't send it. But sometimes you write something and there's that feeling of, okay, what am I going to do when they respond? You almost know that you've put something that's going to stoke the fire. That's going to upset somebody. It's going to offend somebody. So there's that fear almost that goes with it. Is that, I mean, am I alone in this? That you almost feel no. that little bit of a fear when you write it because you know it's going to stir more of a fire. And if you have done that, why as believers, honestly, when this whole thing started and this is where I'm guys, you know, me, I'm just transparent. I come on here yep. maybe to help people that, you know, feel like we're perfect or something. I, pastors are perfect, but I heard in my spirit in the beginning, just put up scriptures. The scripture has enough to say, to speak for itself. The scripture can deal with, you know, justice. The scripture deals with integrity. The scriptures deal, you know, with, with racism. The scriptures deal with, you know, lying. The scriptures deal with um, whatever, destroying property. I don't need to say anything, really. I really don't. I mean, I can. It's not saying I can't. But frankly, I could put just a scripture every day. Just yeah. put a scripture and let the scripture yeah. speak for itself. Did I? No, I didn't. I did that like for two days and then I put something and I got in trouble when I did. And probably the reason I got in trouble is not because I was saying anything wrong to anybody else, but it's because he's always held me to a higher standard. And he was like, I told you, you didn't listen. I mean, in all honesty, uh, that was probably, wow, good therapy today. Good session. <laughs> you know, that'll be a hundred dollars at the end of the hour. Recognizing that that was probably him chastising me. Cause like, I, it's not what you said was wrong, but I told you to do it a different way. Mm -hmm. Just like with Karen, it, it pastor Karen, it's not wrong that other people are speaking, but God told them not to do it. And so because God told them mm -hmm. not to do it, if they had done it, it would have been sin to them. Just, I mean, Paul talks about this, you know, about different sins. You know, if your conscience yes. uh, is 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 uh, convicting you, it's sin. People, you know, because the the Holy Spirit writes the law on our hearts, and we're not following the six hundred and thirteen laws of the Torah. You know, we sometimes think that means there's no law. No, the law is here. So what we hear here in our spirit, and if we go against it, that is as tantamount to breaking a. a uh, one of the commandments, because yeah. that law was written on our heart and we agreed to that contract when we received Jesus and took the Holy Spirit in our heart. So if we don't obey that, it is sin to us. And that's why sometimes you can say, well, why can that person do that? Because I didn't tell them they couldn't. That's right. And yeah. that's where we really have to listen. So Pastor Karen, Pastor Fred, they had to listen to the Holy Spirit on that um, situation. You don't know where it would have where it would have taken you don't know what would have come out of that and so that's what i'm trying to be better about i i fail and i remind myself okay you told me god you're so much smarter than i am your ways are are so much higher than my ways and you know so much better and listening to that leading is so important yeah i think when you're on social media you have to be so cautious and maybe this is where proverbs is talking so much about holding your tongue because you're not looking at those people in their face. I mean, yeah. I think people are saying things that if they were in their presence mm -hmm. and looking in their eyes, I don't think they would say the things they're saying. And, you know, I, I find myself, I, I want to read a scripture that God I, what led me to the other week. And it's in Proverbs nine and it's seven. It said, whoever corrects a mocker invites insults. Oh, yeah. Whoever rebukes the wicked incurs abuse. 
Do not rebuke mockers or they will hate you. Wow. Rebuke the wise and they will love you. Instruct the wise and they will be wiser still. Teach the righteous and they will add to their learning. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom and knowledge of the Holy One yeah. understanding. And I, I come back to this because you're reading these things and man, you get triggered. I mean, people are, and I love what you guys are saying because you know, some people are speaking out of hurt, yeah. out of pain, rightfully so. I mean, let's just be honest. Yeah. Sometimes you've got to give people a chance to air their pain, air their hurt. We need to be just as Christ followers. We need to keep our mouth shut like Proverbs is saying and be full of love and be full of grace and be full of compassion, be full of empathy. Come on, guys. We are representing the hands and feet of Jesus Christ. And what we are putting out there, are we bringing healing or are we tearing down? And we've got to remember, we're tearing down the kingdom of God. We're tearing down a brother and sister. That's what, honestly, Karen, when I hear you speak, it's what's burdening me. That's more than anything. I've almost had to shut it off and get on my knees because I'm like, Lord, our words do not stop. They continue. They create a spirit. They create an atmosphere. That's why the Bible, it says you're snared by the words of your mouth. We need to make sure the words that we speak are life, that they are healing, that they are biblically sound. I love what you're saying, Karen and Hank. It's it's kingdom mind. When the Lord began to talk to me about our words and he taught, reminded me that, you know, we are his law enforcement agents in the earth realm and that many of us in the body of Christ has forgotten, you know, what he said that he's given us. He's given us jurisdictional order, you know, within the earth. And I and I think about when I look at um, Psalms 8, um, Psalms 8, 5. It says, God told us that he has given us dominion. And we get that from over in Genesis 128, and, but in Psalms 8, 5. And then he says, and he's crowned us with glory and honor over all of the works of his hands. And then when we look in, in over um, a, a, another translation says, and at the end of it says, and I have made you a little lower than angels and crowned them with glory and honor. And so when we really realize, you know, what has been entrusted in us, it kind of, it's like an aha to make us, hmm. how am I handling or how am I maneuvering in this season? So I asked the Lord, I said, where, where can I where can I launch off from to let people realize that our words don't disappear, our words don't go into never never land? What we, because we've been made in your image and in your likeness, that our yes. words carry weight, according you know to to um, Proverbs eighteen twenty one, you know, and and so death and life is in the power of our tongue, and those that love it will eat the fruit of it. What kind of harvest are we producing? And then the Lord took me over to Proverbs, um, over to not Proverbs sixteen three over to uh, Joshua 6.23. And I, I read, I've read this before, but this time it, because of the hour that we're in, or maybe how Holy Spirit had been speaking to me personally to guard my mouth and be careful and to really navigate because as a leader, my husband and I have have been entrusted to lead our our, our community um, in a way, you know, of healing during all of this. And, and the, our congregation is predominantly black, but we do have a lot, you know, we we have a mixed congregation.
Asian, we have white, you know, we have Hispanic. And so we have to be mindful as we're, we're trying to bring healing and unification within our church. And so when I looked over and I began to read uh, about Joshua, you know, Joshua, he had proclaimed a, a made a proclamation, you know, that anyone, you know, that would begin um, to, you know, he, he goes on to say, curse be the man before the Lord who rises up and builds the city of Jericho. You know, Joshua fought the battle of Jericho and the walls came tumbling down, right? So, so then after that, he, he's like, cursed is the man that builds Jericho. Now, these are words that were released out of Joshua's mouth, just like words are being released out of our mouths. You know, we always tell people, write things down because paper doesn't, you know, forget. It doesn't lose memory. And so even when we're writing, we have to be careful what we're releasing into the atmosphere. Mm. And so years had gone by, years. And when I went and I did my study and my investigation, I saw some com some um, um, historians or commentaries said that it was 500 years. Others said it was 530 years had gone by. And then we over end up over in the book of Kings, 1 Kings chapter 16. And there was a man that uh, was raised up and he began to build Jericho. And do you not know that the very words that were spoken 500 years prior manifested um, um, because this man, um, Joshua, spoke a word prophetically, declared mm -hmm. into the earth realm. Although it didn't manifest right away, it didn't disappear. It lingered. It's powerful. So how are our words lingering? You know, many of you, again, you know, well, everybody knows we lived in Israel for a time. Yeah. And um, before we moved there, people would always say to me, like, you know, when have you always had this passion for Israel? Have you always had this thing for Hebrew roots? No, like I didn't. It literally just happened one day. And here's what's crazy. I had been teaching a Bible study out of the book of Ezra. I don't think I shared this with you guys before. Did I, Joseph? No, I don't, I don't think so. I've been teaching a Bible study out of the book of Ezra. And everything in my life for a season became about Ezra. We got a guinea pig and we named him Ezra. I got a, a new uh, commentary on the book of Ezra for Christmas. I, I uh, opened a new Bible I got and it literally opened to the book of Ezra. Ezra was, was just all around us. We, um, and I remember we were going to Israel for our first trip around this season. And I even taught... Uh, one of the chapters from the steps I recorded it in Israel and sent it back to the study group that was studying along. And, you know, I again, I, 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 I love etymology. I love words. I break them down. And I had really been into the study. But one thing I'd never studied was what the word Ezra meant. Well, we were living in Israel. And while we were there, a TV show comes on. And this gentleman says, do you know what the name Ezra means? And I was like, no, I don't actually tell me. And he says this. He says, Ezra means a vision for Israel. Mm -hmm. I want to understand something. Two years prior, I had been teaching on Ezra. I had had no interest in Israel, had no interest in going there, had no interest in anything uh, having to do with it. I loved the Bible. I loved history. I kind of like, you know, I liked Hebrew roots, but nothing with the nation. But I've been teaching on Ezra. I had a guinea pig named Ezra that I would say every day, come here, Ezzy. Ezra, you want your dinner? I mean, I said Ezra every single day. A year later, a vision for Israel drops in my spirit out of nowhere. 
I thought out of nowhere. Little did I know that every single day when I was speaking to that guinea pig, when I was saying, open your Bible to the book of Ezra, I was saying a vision for Israel, a vision for Israel. Come here, vision for Israel. Come here, vision for Israel. Is it any wonder? I didn't even know what I was saying, but I was implanting a powerful message in my heart that manifested my destiny. And I share this last story with you because my stepfather, Bob Harrison, teaches this. He says the caterpillar eats. Everything the caterpillar eats is what is used to make its cocoon. Mm. And in the cocoon, the caterpillar, the, what is in that cocoon will form its shape and its color. You know how many caterpillars look different. Its shape and its color is determined by the things in the cocoon. Everything that a caterpillar eats, they spit out of their mouth and form the cocoon from the things that come out of their mouth. Wow. And they live in that scenario and it designs them to be what they are. And in the same way, uh, way the words that come about out of our mouth become a cocoon that shapes the very way we look and the world we live in and how we come out. Well, I think we've clearly demonstrated how powerful our words can be. I don't think there's any mistaking it after all the words and all the testimony and all of the examples everyone gave today. And the only thing I want to add is if you do find yourself having said the wrong thing, be quick to go back to prayer be quick to go back to humility, be quick to say, I'm sorry. I think that's such an important key to listening to the promptings of the Holy Spirit, social media or otherwise. And I want to thank everyone again. This was awesome. Until the next episode of The Full Life, watch your mouth. We'll see you then. 